We're going to look at communicating truth tonight. This is the message that I did at Salt and Light. Um, and so we're going to we're going to go through this material. So we're going to be in John chapter seven to start out with. So if you want to turn there while I'm getting getting started, and then my my email was up there for them, not for y'all, but you already know my email. It, if you don't, you can take it down. But that was for anybody who wanted the slides could email me for it. Um, okay, communicating truth. And we were in John chapter seven not too long ago, but I want to I want to apply John chapter seven to this reality. Um, one of the things that's that's just whenever you read the New Testament, you read what it is that the church is supposed to be doing, how it is that the church is supposed to be functioning. Uh, we are called to be communicators. I mean, without communication, we can't do what we've been called to do. Now, God can do what He's promised to do as far as give us life and, and dwell among us and, and those kinds of things. But, but outside of communication, I mean, the church is, um, um, uh, to be busy communicating something to somebody. Without communication, we could not function the way that we are called to function. Uh, and John chapter 7, Verses 37 through 39, I just want to use to kind of frame this reality. And we were here for a, a while, but in John chapter 7, 37, it says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And the reason I came to this passage for this is really for verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So an individual is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but there is also this outflowing from... Um, from the believer or from the one who has been indwelt. And when we were here in John, we talked about this being um, the, some of the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about it being what Paul uh, uh, phrases as the aroma of Christ. But what, wh- however we want to do that, and, and however specifically we want to apply that, I think there's room for several different things. There is something that is supposed to be flowing out of the believer. And as we communicate truth, uh, I think it's important that we recognize this is a spiritual exercise, a spiritual um, thing that's happening. And so anytime we think about communicating truth, it's a, it's a, it's a reality where we are dependent on the Spirit for both wisdom and for opportunity. But we're also depending on the Spirit to use what we say as He will. This is a spiritual exercise. There's plenty of skill that could be learned and and that we should be growing in when it comes to communication. Uh, But we're primarily uh, depending on God's Spirit to work in us and in the individual or individuals that we're speaking to. That being said, according to John 7, 38, it is a normal, natural thing for these living waters to be flowing out of 
Okay, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say is referring to there is the these fruit of the spirit, the ability to relate, communicate God's work in your life. It's a normal thing that those would be flowing out. So the first question is, who is called to communicate truth? And um, I think you probably know the answer to this already. Um, but Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Um, you're familiar with this passage. This, this commission is given to the church. You are to go to all nations and you are to teach and baptize and then teach some more all things that Christ has commanded you. Now, um, it's, it's, uh, as far as, you know, the, the baptizing and those sorts of things, the, the pastor is, is doing that, but it's the pastor's doing that under the authority of the church. This is the church, and the pastor's not the only one speaking, communicating truth. Uh, Ephesians 4, 14 through 15, very clear passage, and we talk about this passage fairly often, where the church is called to be speaking truth in love to one another. It's a necessity. We've been here recently. Let me just take these couple of verses here. In verse 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4 of Ephesians, starting in verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we are to be speaking truth in love so that we're no more children being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Again, that's the church body. That's the um, Ephesians 4, 7. Every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We're to be speaking truth in love to each other. So again, that's you. Titus 2, we've been there recently. Older men, younger men, older women, younger women. You know what that passage is about. We're supposed to be speaking to each other. We're supposed to be... Um, uh, learning from one another, communication, communicating truth. Uh, that that um, chapter begins with hold the things that, um, uh, I can't remember the King, King James word right now, but essentially conform to sound doctrine. Uh, he's talking about truth that's being ministered in Titus chapter 2. And then finally, 1 Peter chapter 3, 14 through 16. It's this exhortation that you would sanctify the Lord God in your heart and that you would be ready to give an answer to anyone who would ask you about the hope that's within you. Again, who's supposed to be ready to do that? You are. I am. This is a truth that um, God's people who are in, um, uh, that God's people are supposed to be ready to give. Um, and again, we've, we've said on these, this is to the whole church. It's not just to a particular person. Okay, so that was that was just an add-on bonus. Uncle Sam is saying you. All right, why are we to communicate truth? And again, back to Matthew 28, 18 through 20, evangelism and discipleship. And this can be helpful because sometimes we can feel aimless. Uh, a lot of times if we have a goal, if we know where we're headed or where we're supposed to be heading, that'll help frame how we say what we say. 
If we, re- if we recognize that in Scripture, we really do have just these two categories as far as the way that we're supposed to be communicating truth. One is the, the goal or the reason is for evangelism. And on the other hand, the reason is discipleship. So evangelism is just simply sharing the gospel with unbelievers. So you have somebody who's not converted, somebody who has not been born again, someone who uh, does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if that's the kind of conversation you're having, that's going to affect what it is you're talking about or what it is that you're seeking to share with a particular individual. You don't start trying to disciple an unbeliever. It'll never work. You evangelize. This individual needs to come to Christ before any sort of discipleship can ever happen. And so things like John chapter 7, if any man is thirsty, let him drink. Things like Matthew 11, um, uh, 28 are helpful if you're uh, burdened and heavy laden going to Christ or even things about the character of God and who God is and his holiness and man's sinfulness. Those kinds of things are where you would want to start. Um, you, you wouldn't want to, again, try to start discipling an unbeliever. That just won't work. You evangelize first and then secondly, We're to communicate truth to disciple. That's just ministering truth to a believer to help them grow and mature. And that's to be an ongoing work. And we've, we've talked about that over the last several weeks as it relates to in, within the church. So you're either evangelizing or you're discipling. The goal is you're sharing the gospel with an unbeliever or you're ministering truth to a believer to help them grow. And mature. And again, the reason why this is so helpful is because it can take you from just kind of, you know, thinking about what to do with 66 books and help you narrow down where you might go and where you might focus and what you might say and why you might do that. Um, so it's helpful, at least it's helpful for me to help get a bullseye on where, what kind of conversation is this. Uh, that was for the kids at Salt and Line. So then the question is, who is qualified to communicate truth? And this is really where we're going to spend the rest of our time um, in this uh, PowerPoint and in this talk. Uh, who's qualified to communicate the truth? Romans fifteen fourteen is where we're going to go. And I'm taking this 4C model from a guy named Bob Kellerman. wrote a book called Gospel Conversations that's been very helpful for me and and this is, uh, I'll say more about this in a minute, but the way that he breaks this down is just helpful and memorable for me, and maybe it will be for you. Romans fifteen fourteen, Paul says, he's speaking to the church at Rome here, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye are also, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. He's speaking there, here to the, uh, the, 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 the Christians, the church there at Rome, and he's saying, I'm confident of some, of some things. I'm confident that you can, you're able to communicate truth to one another. And, and he breaks it down into three, I'm sorry, into four different categories. Number one, he says, you are full of character. Full of character. This is full of goodness. That's talking about a character trait. We'll look at each of these four individually. 
as we go on. Two, content. Okay, we're thinking about what, what goes into an individual being an, an effective communicator of truth. Number one is your character. Number two, content. He says you're filled with all knowledge. That is biblical knowledge, knowledge of the truth. Number three, competence. He says you are able to admonish. You're able to do something. This is talking about a skill. This is talking about something that they've worked at, something that they've gotten, uh, I don't know if you would say good at, but they've at least gotten competent at. They are. They have the ability because they have tried and they have practiced and, and they've honed in on it. And then four, community or church. You are um, communicating uh, truth within the body. And we'll talk about this next week, but one of the one of the very helpful things about the fact that we've been placed in a body is that there are all kinds of different gifts and there are people who are better at communicating and explaining and teaching different things and as someone who's called to communicate truth you hadn't been put on an island somewhere god has not called you to be a biblical encyclopedia you don't have to be able to answer every question or speak into every situation but part of the blessing that we have is in knowing one another is you may know someone who's good at a particular, uh, who's good at explaining a particular topic or who is skilled or, or experienced in a particular area so that you can match folks up. So if you, if you, this is just a, just a, uh, an example, but if you were trying to think through about, uh, with somebody about, you know, what might go into, um, you know, if I decided I wanted to be, a uh, a plumber, and and I wanted to also be faithful to the Lord. Well, don't ask me. I've never done it. Brother Tommy's done it all his life, so I'm going to push him over there. Or what if I wanted to start, uh, you know, my own business? Uh, well, there's people here that can speak to that a lot better than I can. So one of the intimidation factors that we can come into is what if someone asks us something and we just don't know what to say? Well, the rule of thumb is, number one, you can say, I don't know. And then number two, you can try to find somebody who might and who might be a little more skillful than you in that area. And chances are, if you're familiar with folks in the body, you're, you're, you're going to have access to that. Um, and we could, we could go through, honestly, we could go through every one of you and talk about different strengths and areas where you would be um, helpful. Uh, so character, content, competence, and community or church. All right, let's think about Christ-like character. Christ-like character. Paul says, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness. Now, goodness is the same word that Paul uses in Galatians 5, 22 through 23 as part of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so this is a, this is a spiritual fruit it's a character quality. Hendrickson says, he explains that goodness is a virtue that reveals itself in social relationships, in our various contacts and connections with other people. Um, that's just another way of saying that goodness is a relational fruit. And we've talked about this before, but whether we're talking about vertical relationship, that is relationship between me and God, or relationship between me and my neighbor, uh, you could argue that all of the fruit of the Spirit, all the manifestations mentioned there in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, are relational. 
Okay, joy occurs is is exercised and occurs as my as a result of my relationship between me and the Lord. Patience is exercised in context of my relationship of me and you. Uh, and you could go through so forth and so on, self control, those kinds of things. Goodness is uh, it's a pretty general uh, character quality or character trait. We could say it's a graciousness. Um, many synonyms we could use here, but it's 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 character. It's character. Now, unfortunately, many times when we think about communicating truth or communicating period, this whole aspect of Christ-like character is not on our radar, and it really ought to be, because this part will either make you or break you. And we'll talk about this as, as we move through these next couple of slides. But you could be the best communicator and have the, you know, you could have a silver tongue, but if you don't have character, it's not going to be effective. Yeah, communication only works out well if you're receiving what I'm saying. Okay, And then sometimes people say, well, you know, God can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick, and all that's fine, but God's idea for you is that you function just a little bit higher than Balaam's donkey. Okay, he, he wants you to have Christ-like character so that you can have credibility, so that when you speak, people listen. Um, all right, if I'm having trouble answering any one of the following three questions about you, your communication with me will not be effective. Okay, why should I listen to you? If you're speaking to me, why should I listen to you? That's a valid question. Can I trust you? In other words, are you making this up as you go? Or if I if I confide something in you as we're communicating and speaking, can I trust that you're going to keep it to yourself? And then do you care about me? Now, you may look at those three and say, what does that have to do with me speaking truth? Well, it has more to do with somebody receiving truth from you. Okay, and and we are are uh, not called in Scripture as the church goes. The Ephesians four, the Titus two, we're not called just to have a monologue. Okay, we're called to be speaking with one another. By the way, this is just a societal thing at this point, but we have, um, as a society, we have just about lost our ability to have a dialogue with anybody. Uh, and the church isn't that much further ahead than the culture on that. Uh, just a back and forth. That's There's a whole slurry of reasons why that's the case, but um, this relational connection that we can have with people, uh, it all comes out of character. Okay, one of our biggest communication obstacles is going to be credibility. Um, you know, you would not take me seriously if I were known as Lewis the liar. Uh, that's that's just reality. If that's what everybody called me, um, especially if we think back to, um, you know, if we were to think back to before pre-ordination. I mean, it would be bad if it happened post-ordination too. But pre-ordination, if that's if that's just who I was known as, if everybody just called me Lewis the liar, and then. We invited everybody to the ordination of Lewis the liar. I mean, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Um, well, the truth is, 
people can form a picture, and they do. They, we form pictures of people that many times get in the way of who they really are. I heard someone say a long time ago, we don't have communication problems, we have interpretation problems. If I think you're somebody that's always flying off the handle, you could have a, you could have a reasonable, um, you could have a reasonable thing to complain about. But if I've already chalked it up to, well, all you do is fly off the handle anyway, that's my interpretation based on a picture of you that I have. And we could have all kinds of different pictures about different people. The, the, the thing I'm trying to emphasize here is one of our biggest obstacles is going to be credibility. You could, you could be speaking again with a silver tongue and you could be articulating everything perfectly. But if somebody's looking at you, but rolling their eyes in their mind while you're talking, it's not going to work. And that has to do with character, not content. So character qualities like Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, um, you're familiar with these. Uh, humility, gentleness, and patience, and tolerance. That's a Christ-like a list of, of, of Christ-like character qualities. Things that we ought to be pursuing and exercising. Or 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'll turn there. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. Now, this particular passage is—he's uh, talking about the servant of the Lord. He's talking about um, the the pastor or the minister, the preacher here. Uh, but the same um, the same content or the same instructions would apply to any of us who are speaking truth in love. The the pastor, the minister, is supposed to be an example to the rest of the flock. So these would apply to all of us. Uh, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt or able to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will." So he says the, you know, the servant of the Lord must not strive. It just, just means that these conversations shouldn't be turning into arguments all the time. They shouldn't be getting heated all the time. We should be able to have dialogue, conversations with folks, even if they don't agree with what we're saying or they're even opposing what we're saying. We're to be striving hard to be gentle and able to teach and patient. And, and meek and instructing those that oppose themselves and trusting that people do not change as we work, but they do change as God wills. And often God is pleased to use His people to help other people change. And so uh, realizing and recognizing God's not banking on us, but He might use us, that reality can help us in our character as we're engaging and interacting with people. Uh, Matthew 22, again, thinking about the character side of things, 36 through 39, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, the Christian's most important priority is to love God and love people. And this is Christ-like character. 
Jesus says, on this hang the law and the prophets. This is the greatest or the priority of the commandments. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, 3 through 5, do nothing out of uh, pride or selfish ambition. Don't look on the thing, don't look on your own things, but look on the things of others. Uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Humility is a prerequisite to loving anyone above yourself. That's for all of us. We will always naturally look on our own things. But Christ-like humility seeks to look on the things of others. And so if we're going to do that, and this is where the character part comes in when we're thinking about communication, a humble Christ-like character will take the time to listen well. Now here's, the, here's one of the problems. We've got 66 books worth of information. How are we going to know what to say when? How are we going to know what's the appropriate thing to say at the appropriate time? Well, the way we're going to know that is through discernment. And the way that you're going to be able to exercise discernment is by listening. Now, let me give you an example. Um, a while back, I was with a, a group of uh, pastors, and, and a guy came up and, and wanted to talk to us, and he said he was struggling, and he had a question. And so he started to tell us what his struggle was. Um, his mom died last year. Uh, she, he looked like he was probably 17, 18 years old. His mom died last year. Uh, she had a, uh, a, a long-term sickness that eventually took her life. And, um, and he was dealing with, with sadness still. It had been a year. And, and he got those things out. And before he could say anything else, um, one of the guys jumped in and said, well, turn to this chapter. And he began to read a chapter in Scripture about the resurrection. And, and he told him that, that really what he needed to do was just to seek to, to marinate himself in this chapter on the resurrection and try to have deep thoughts about his mom and the resurrection. And uh, so, so he got finished with what he was saying. And, uh, and I said, well, are you, are you asking if it's wrong for you to still be sad? And he said, yes, yes, that's what I'm asking. And, uh, and so I answered that question and, and we went to various scriptures and, and it's, it's normal. But, but here's my point. If we would have left it at, you need to be thinking about the resurrection and the fact that you'll see your mom in the resurrection and try to have deep thoughts about that, he would have walked away thinking, there's something really deficient in my faith. Because I can't conjure up these deep thoughts that drive away my sadness. The kid wasn't asking, will my mom be in the resurrection? He was asking, is it okay to be sad that my mom died? You see, those are two different questions. You've got to use your ears to discern what's what on that. So I'm, I'm, as I say that, that's just an example. I could give you a hundred more just like that. We've got to take the time to listen so that we know what the appropriate truth is to share with the appropriate person at the appropriate time. 
This is, this is whether or not we're, we're thinking about trying to minister comfort or trying to minister conviction or what we're trying to do. If we don't know what we're speaking into, we will be anything but skillful. And many times when we're hasty with our words, that's, I mean, we, we don't like to think about it this way, but whenever we're, we're ready to speak before we've heard what somebody said, that's a manifestation of pride. I mean, we're saying, I don't really need you to keep blabbing. I've already got my buzzword. Now just hang on. Here it goes. And we miss it. So this, you've said this to your kids before, or maybe your kids have received it before, but God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Okay. He, if we're to be wise, we need to be listening, slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to anger. And then Proverbs 18, 13. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame unto him. Okay, so communicating truth, we're trying to think about what it means to be wise as we do that and how to do that in a skillful way. And we're going to get to content in a minute, but it's important that we talk about the character piece because you could have all the content in the world, but you've got to know what to do with it and when to use it. So the content, we could think about the content being like tools. Um, so if, if uh, someone who, who does a lot of work and has a work truck, they've got uh, a toolbox on that truck and maybe different pieces and, and uh, different things that they use. And the fact that they have it doesn't even necessarily mean that they know how to use it. Okay, you got to have the right tool for the right job. you got to have the right part for the right repair. You've got to know what to use and when to use it. Okay, you may be trying to uh, uh, to repair something with a three-inch screw when all you really need is a screw that's an inch long, and a three-inch makes more of a hazard than anything else because it's sticking through the board on the other end. The point is, just because you have a three-inch screw doesn't mean you always need to use it. And so, discerning what needs to be used when it needs to be used is a matter of listening well. What's being said or what am I really speaking into here? Okay, and then the next one's biblical content. And we'll, we'll hit those next three next, uh, next Wednesday night. So communicating truth with an emphasis, at least tonight, with an emphasis on Christ-like character, being humble, being willing to listen, and then thinking about our credibility as we try to speak to uh, speak truth to others, not letting our character get in the way of the content. All right. Anyone have anything on your hearts before we dismiss tonight? I will say, if you want to um, kind of prepare for Sunday, the next three Sundays, I'm going to be doing some overview messages on the articles of faith. I'm going to do two messages coming up on the articles of faith and then a message on our church covenant. So you've got a um, new directory. If you haven't picked yours up yet, there's still a couple on the table. If you want to be looking over those and uh, maybe preparing your hearts and your minds for this Sunday's message, it'll be over the first six articles on that. Anyone else before we dismiss? All right, well, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we are uh, we are thankful that you have called us out of darkness into light. And Father, we're thankful that you have given us truth and that you've also given us your word that we might have wisdom and knowing how to do uh, what you've called us to do. 
And so I pray, Lord, that we would uh, give serious consideration to the things we've talked about tonight, uh, our responsibility to communicate truth, our responsibility to cultivate a Christ-like character, to, um, in humility, um, uh, seek to, uh, to listen well so that we might be able to speak well, that we would be serious about uh, consistency and credibility so that our, um, our stubbornness or our own character deficiencies would not get in the way of what you've called us to do. And Father, we are thankful that uh, you will uh, give us the ability, you have given us the ability to, to do what you've called us to as far as the labor goes. And uh, I pray that we would trust you and that we would seek to serve one another. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.